welcome to episode 167 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? It, I'm great. We finally have some fall weather. We do, finally. In fact, it's like I just came inside from getting Starbucks. It's like 52 degrees and just spitting rain. Did you get a pumpkin spice latte? I didn't. I have an Americano sitting in front of me. So I love pumpkin everything. Pumpkin spice lattes are a little too sweet for me. I can do like one. That's fair. Like a tall. Um, but I what I'm gonna what I'm gonna try next time. I actually decided this was at the Starbucks. I'm gonna get my americano and I'm asked for one pump of pumpkin. I've done that with coffee before. Just yeah. ask for a pump of their thing and coffee. We am gonna do that. Plain black coffee. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so before we explain what we're gonna do, I just need a soapbox for like one minute, and then I'll then we'll get back to our regularly okay. scheduled program. So guys. <laughs> I feel like- no, no, go ahead. I just need one minute to get this off my chest because it's irritating me. Okay, so guys, in our offices in Overdrive, we have this policy to anytime you walk away from your computer, you lock your computer. My computer has like a ghost in it or something. Every time I lock my computer, um, you may be familiar if you put in your password wrong too many times, it tells you you've been locked out of your account. And if you work in an office like ours that has networks and things, if you do that, you have to have someone else unlock your account for you. My computer will lock me out when I'm not even putting in my password. So anytime I lock my computer, it locks me out. And I am feeling like I'm taking crazy pills. Like I'm going crazy. Yeah, that happened to me when I first started. I was having that issue. Yeah. I don't know what happened but like, or how it fixed, but it doesn't do it anymore. And bless our IT people. They get a message from me like, it, today it's been once an hour. I'm just like, hey, guys. Well, before I put it, like, the our messaging system on my phone, I'd have to, like, go to somebody else and be like, can you please yeah. let the IT people I know? There have been times when I will be on my computer doing work and it will send me a little notification that says, your computer needs your Windows credentials. So next, I know next time I lock it. Like, it locks yeah. me out while I'm unlocked. It's, uh, anyway. I need we to love get, our IT people. We do. They're incredible. I, my computer has a ghost. Very ghost on in the machine. Par with the fact that we're releasing this before Halloween. We are. So anyway, what are we doing? This is the best thing in the month. What are we, <laughs> what are we doing? Talk to us. Uh, as longtime listeners know, um, we, at the end of every month, we put out an episode of our picks for the upcoming month. So this is our November books episode. Yes. Um, all the titles that Adam and I um, have picked, we the rules are we do not discuss with each other what titles the other picked. Sometimes there are overlaps, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of go back and forth uh, with our picks. Yes. So um, first I should say because Jill and I have now done 167 episodes of a podcast together, we know each other pretty well. So we're pretty good at seeing a book and being like, oh, Adam's going to pick that, or oh, Jill's probably going to pick that, so I won't put it on my list, and vice versa. We should say, as always, for if you're a new listener, don't frantically write everything down that we say. Just go into the show notes. Every single book will have a link to that title in overdrive.com, so you can go see if that title is available at your library. Place a hold on it. If it's not available at your library, you can always recommend that your library add it, and then you'll be first in line if they do. So that is how we're going to go. Um... I have, I think I have eleven. You said you had ten, I think, or vice versa. I have ten. You have ten. I think I have eleven. Okay. Before we start, yes. If people want to get a hold of us, good job. They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pro Book Nerds, 
or you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Somebody sent us an email earlier this week asking for, I think, paranormal authors that I forgot to tell you was in our inbox. <laughs> so, person who said that, you'll get an email soon. <laughs> Sorry. Jewel was out yesterday, and I was running around, and I made a note. When, when people ask for book recommendations, if it's something that I feel comfortable doing, I will offer them up. But if it's one where I'm like, that feels like a stronger library type question, I leave it to my wonderful co-host, Jill. So, okay. That everything That's before everything. we get going? Cool. All right. First up, the story of Arthur Trulove by Elizabeth Berg. Am I good? Do you have that? You're good. No, I okay. don't have it. You're... Sorry. All right. So this, the, first off the cover, caught me. It's these this older gentleman and this young lady standing next to a park bench with an umbrella. Um, and the story of it, it, I've been very emotional with the books I've been reading lately, and this one feels a little emotional. So... Uh, there's this older gentleman, Arthur Moses, and he has basically the same day every single day. He tends to his flowers, uh, takes care of his cat, and then he rides a bus to a cemetery to visit his uh, beloved late wife for lunch. And so he's going to the cemetery every day. And then one day he meets this 18-year-old girl, this Maddie Harris, who is kind of shy, and she visits the cemetery to escape kids at her school, and they form an unlikely friendship and then kind of go from there. Uh, because of the way that Arthur is going to the cemetery every single day, uh, Maddie gives him the nickname True Love. So they form this really great relationship. And um, yeah, I, like I said, I was, I've been leaning a lot towards like what seem like emotionally uplifting books lately. And this one sounds really, really good. So The Story of Arthur True Love by Elizabeth Berg. And it has a lot of hype. Not in the uplifting category. Right, row. I have Breaking Free, How I Escaped Polygamy, The FLDS Cult, and My Father Warren Jeffs by Rachel Jeffs. This had Joe written all over it. Uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> um, so Warren Jeffs, the self-proclaimed prophet of the uh, FLDS church. Um, this is by his daughter, Rachel. And it takes you deep inside the secretive polygamist Mormon fundamentalist cult um, run by her father and how she escaped it. I could, I bet I could walk up to five people in our office and know with 100% certainty that they're going to read this book. Oh, for sure. They're all on your team. But yeah. <laughs> it I think good. that's how I first saw it. Cause, or we have um, lists we put together of our, our monthly picks. And I was like, oh, Rachel also put this on her list. I was list. gonna say Rachel. Rachel is who I was gonna guess first. Oh, oh yeah. This is like a Rachel <laughs> and Jill special. Oh man, that sounds really good. Uh, my next one, "Future Home of the Living God" by Louise Erdrich. Uh, so, this is kind of dystopian. Uh, the world as we knew it is ending. Um, evolution is reversing. So every time women have children. The children that they have are like less intelligent and basically um, human beings are going backwards now and so there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff going on that feels kind of handmaid's tale e where there's like there's martial law and anyone any woman who gets uh, pregnant they're like separating them and um, it just it feels I like dystopian a lot um, and it, it just 
it's almost like a dystopian Benjamin Button to me, mm-hmm. and, but for like everyone, I, you know, like a genetic Benjamin Button kind of a thing. So I don't want to read too much of the description to people because I feel like I was starting to get, like it was giving away a little bit more than I wanted to, but yeah, but it, it's, I'm super into this one. So Future Home of the Living God by Louise Erdrich. Uh, speaking of that book, uh, Rachel mentioned it. Speaking of Rachel, she um, mentioned it in our sci-fi episode we did a while back. Did you? Okay, I thought it, it, mm-hmm. it sounded slash looked familiar. Yep. I have The City of Brass by S.A. Chakrabarty. Chakra... I apologize for that. I had this one too. Okay. It looks really um, good. Step into The City of Brass, the spellbinding debut. It's an imaginative alchemy of the Gollum and the Ginny, the Grace of Kings, and Uprooted, in which the future of a magical Middle Eastern kingdom rests in the hands of a clever and defiant young con artist with miraculous healing gifts. It sounds so good. It's I know. so cool sounding and... I went to place it on hold, and they're at our library, and there was already like fifteen people. Oh yeah, I know. I Me too. Sad. I was number fifteen. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not entirely sure about the spelling of the author, but it's C H A K R O B O R T Y. I'm gonna say Chakraborty. I think that's maybe what it is. Chakraborty. Yeah, but it's it is spelled out in our. It is show spelled notes. out in the show notes. Yeah, Gollum and Jenny, all for it. Um. I have a couple nonfiction ones, and the first one is What Unites Us by Dan Rather. Oh, I somehow totally missed that one. Yeah, I took a shot that you would have this, but um, so I'm not shy about this. If you, if anyone out there follows me on Twitter, you will see that uh, things in our country and our world have been super bumming me out lately, uh, and someone who is actually like refreshingly awesome on social media which i would not have expected before i started following him is dan rather uh so dan rather is one of the most famous well-respected well-known journalists kind of ever really i mean he's uh something i didn't I, when i was reading the description of the book he's interviewed every living president since he started as a journalist that's crazy to me um but this is just a series of Uh, different original essays and they touch on institutions like public libraries public schools and national parks uh, values that have transformed us uh, the struggles of things like civil rights uh, the drive towards science and innovation that has made the United States great and then just some of the things that have made it not so great so yeah if I've needed I needed something uplifting about the world and it was like Dan Rather apparently wrote a book for me there you go. Thanks for thinking of me, Dan. <laughs> Mr. Rather. Uh, I have Troublemakers, Silicon Valley's Coming of Age by Leslie Berlin. This richly told narrative of the Silicon Valley generation that launched five major high-tech industries in seven years, laying the foundation for today's technology-driven world. At a time when the five most valuable companies on the planet are high-tech firms, nearly half of Americans say they cannot live without their cell phones, Troublemakers reveals the untold story of how we got here. This is the gripping tale of seven exceptional men and women, pioneers of Silicon Valley in the nineteen in the nineteen seventies and early nineteen eighties. Together, they worked across generations, industries, and companies to bring technology from Pentagon offices and university laboratories to the rest of us. In doing so, they changed the world. 
the company who owns us may or may not have a office in Silicon Valley. I know. I'm yeah, especially like going back to the nineteen seventies and the early eighties. Like that's where the really interesting stuff is. I think. Yeah, that's when you know, like the it famously, you know, building what are now billion dollar companies out of garages and yep. things like that. It's crazy. I, coding and and stuff. People who can do that blow me away. Like. Our coworkers. Yeah, our coworkers. Exactly. I, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Is like that's one of the cool things about Overdrive is we do everything in house. Yeah. So like any website that you touch, any app, anything, it's all built here. So I can go down and talk to like these world class developers and be like, I have a thought and a big idea, and I have no idea how it would work. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, it's a simple couple lines of code. I'm like, sure it does. I thought that too. Um, the next one is Heather. The totality. Oh. <laughs> That's totally going to be my next one, but you got it. Fine, take it. <laughs> so it's by, we can both talk about it, by Matthew Weiner. Is it Weiner? I'm not sure. W-E-I-N-E-R. Um, so holy uh, people talking about this book. It is a library reads November selection, named a must read by Huffington Post, USA Today, Oprah.com, the New York Post, and a favorite book so far by Pop Sugar. Uh, also, it's a debut novel, which makes me happy, so... Uh, explosive debut novel about family, power, and privilege from the creator of the award-winning Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't need to read. Do we need to talk about it more? It's Mad Men. It's, it's the guy who wrote made Mad Men. You know? The guy who wrote Mad Men. Yes, he has a novel about a rich family, and then they get a new no- uh, neighbor, and... That neighbor messes with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm excited. I feel like we're gonna have another overlap. Um. Oh well, there's one like a big one, but I'm not gonna talk about that quite yet. Uh, let's see, what do I have? Is the big one you don't want to talk about yet a biography? Oh n- no. Did you miss a really big one that's coming in November? I might have. Okay. Talk about the other big one. What are you talking about? Artemis by Andy Weir. I didn't miss it. <laughs> I didn't love The Martian because I couldn't understand half of it. <laughs> I didn't either, but I'm still putting the <laughs> Artemis on here. <laughs> Just being honest. Fair enough. Um, Andy Weir, we actually, uh, <laughs> Rachel also talked about this um, on our sci-fi episode, uh, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. Um, she actually got an advanced reader copy of it from our friends at Penguin Random House. Um, so he has a new book coming out in November that is basically a heist book set on the moon yeah so she goes into a little more detail on the sci-fi episode so you can go listen to that good plug good job yeah i no that's okay i couldn't understand half the margin i didn't either remember i just got done talking about how i don't know how to i don't understand coding that was a blanket statement for science really i'm terrible at science all right good to know i know continue that's the reason half my life is just talking um so okay. what's the big one? What's your biography? The biography? Gold Dust Woman? It's on my list, yes. Yeah, the biography of Stevie Nicks. Okay. That is on my list. Can I tell a story about Stevie Nicks? Please. Sort of adjacent. I love Stevie Nicks. Okay, I lied. It's not about Stevie Nicks. It's about Fleetwood Mac. Close enough. Okay. So my wife and I went to Maui for our honeymoon. And in Maui, there is a, uh, a little tiny town called Lahaina. And in like 40 years, you're never going to hear from me again because I'm going to live there. Uh, it used to be a whaling village. Now it's just kind of like a touristy village, but it's beautiful. It's right on the beach. It's just perfect. It's a little beachside town. 
there is a street there called Front Street, and there is a restaurant on Front, on Front Street called Fleetwoods on Front Street. It is Mick Fleetwood's restaurant. What? He owns this restaurant. He loves Lahaina. He lives there. So it gets way better. We were walking down, and we see this restaurant one day. And my wife and I are trying to decide what we want to have for dinner. And this woman is, like, out handing out, like, two-for-one drink tickets or something. And she's like, well, do you guys want to come to – this is Mick Fleetwood's restaurant. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. We're here for, like, another week. We'll, we'll definitely come back. And they're like, well – he sometimes comes and plays music. I was like, oh, that's cool. We'll try to like catch him when he does that. And she's like, you're not listening to me. He's coming tonight to play music. So I was like, oh, okay. So we go upstairs and we have a drink. And it was Mick Fleetwood's uh, mother's like 95th birthday. And so they had this whole party for them, like this private, quote unquote, private party that everyone at the restaurant was welcome to. And then um, he played an entire set. Like So like the sun was setting behind him on the ocean. We watched Mick Fleetwood play a concert and it was probably the coolest moment of my life did he play fluid max songs like mm-hmm. what did he uh... yeah he did he did it was incredible it was so wonderful so then. that is nothing you know if you know anything about fluid mac you'll know that that was probably a bad story to talk about when talking about the biography of stevie nicks and kind of how little they all got along but i you know what i yeah well okay so <laughs> I love Fleetwood Mac. I love Stevie Nicks. So I'm, I'm excited for this one. I want. I just want to read about her and Lindsay Buckingham. Yeah. Although, okay, confession time. This is terrible, but uh, my dad is a huge Fleetwood Mac fan, so I grew up listening to Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. and I knew the band members. There was a Lindsay Buckingham and then a Stevie Nicks. And the first time I actually saw a picture of Fleet of like the band, I confused Stevie. And Lindsay, because like those are very general nutrient, like mm-hmm. then, you know. And I thought, yeah, I was like, wait, that's Lindsay Buckingham. I know. That's Stevie. <laughs> I know. Um, I had them reversed as yep. like a ten year old. <laughs> also, um, I also, I mean, like, I knew every word to the whole Rumors album by the time I was like seven. Um, also, there are social media specialists here at Overdrive. Her name is Ricky. She hasn't been on the podcast yet. We should bring her on. We should bring she, her on. But um, like she worships Stevie Nicks. That so does not surprise me. Oh, yeah. She looks like a little tiny... Like, Brunette version of yeah, Stevie Nicks. She does. Yeah. Okay. By the way, we've just successfully not talked about this book, but talked about Fleetwood Mac for five minutes. Proud of us. Also, Goldest Woman is my favorite song. When I saw, I saw it with my dad a couple years ago for Father's Day, and when Stevie started singing Goldest Woman, I'm like crying. I'm, oh. like, I'm like that woman. Yeah. <laughs> In the audience. Man, I don't know <laughs> what my favorite Fleetwood Mac song is. Uh, Goldest Woman all the way. It's a really good one. I'm going to think about this while you talk about your next book. Sounds good. Um, my next book is Renegades by Marissa Meyer. I didn't put it on because you got to talk to her and I didn't. So I did get to talk to Marissa Meyer. Uh, I talked to her last year, um, right around my birthday, um, when heartless came out so this is a new book i believe it's part of a series um the renegades are a syndicate syndicate of prodigies humans with extraordinary abilities who emerged from the ruins of a crumpled society and established peace and order where chaos reigned as champions of justice they remain a symbol of hope encouraged everyone except the villains they once overthrew 
Nova has a reason to hate the renegades and she's on a mission for vengeance. As she gets closer to her target, she meets Adrian, a renegade boy who believes in justice and in Nova, but Nova's allegiance to a villain who has the power to end them both. Mr. Meyer is awesome. Yes. Plus villains. I know. I think we I have love a, villains. Yeah, yeah. You really do. I think the chain. I think the chain is my favorite. Chain's a good one. Oh, the chain is so good. It's so like powerful. I know. I love the live version from Great the build up. The chain tour. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Probably not talking about Fleetwood Mac the whole what? time. Why not? It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I have a children's book. Okay. The Magic Misfits. Mm. Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. NPH. Um, this sounds adorable. When street magician Carter runs away, he never expects to find friends and magic in a sleepy New England town. But like any good trick, things change instantly as greedy B.B. Basso and his crew of crooked carnies arrive to steal anything and everything they can get their sticky fingers on. After a fateful encounter with the local purveyor of illusion, Dante Vernon, Carter teams up with five other like-minded illusionists. Together, using both teamwork and magic, they'll set out to save the town of Mineral Wells from Basso's villainous villainous clutches these six magic misfits will soon discover adventure friendship and their own self-worth in this delightful new series that sounds really good yeah he is the best the pictures he has he posted his children all the time i know his whole family he and his husband they're so cute he's wonderful i have queen victoria's matchmaking the royal marriages that shaped europe by um deborah Deborah Cadbury. I can't speak today. Um, so this is all about the sort of how Queen Victoria wielded her power and um, sort of like a chess player made royal marriages throughout Europe and kind of everything. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back at some point and look. I feel like there has been a Victorian or like Elizabeth Elizabethan. Oh, there probably every is. single month. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of those things where if you, I don't know how it still works, obviously. But um, for a long time, if you were part of the royal court, you could not get married without the king or queen's permission. That's a bummer. And it caused a lot of scandals. Mm-hmm. When people would just be like, nope, I'm going to marry him anyway. <laughs> Isn't that why, like, the Anglican Church exists, basically? Uh, sort of. Couldn't get an, well, he couldn't. An well, yeah, he couldn't get an annulment. He was the king. He was the king, he... but he couldn't get an annulment. But, um, but like, his sister, Henry VIII, uh, his sister had gotten married to, I believe he was, like, much older. And she was just like, all right, look, when this guy dies, just give me permission to marry whoever I want. And, I, you know, and... Um, she like went off and like eloped with someone Henry was not happy about, but uh, um, yeah, fun times. So this is about Queen Victoria mm-hmm. and the the matchmaking she did. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is Into the Drowning Deep by Myra Grant or Mira Grant, uh, New York Times bestselling author Myra Grant, author of the renowned Newsflash series, returns with a novel that takes us to a new world of ancient mysteries and mythological dangers come to life. Um, so 
Seven years ago, the Attergatus, it's it's a ship, set off on voyage to the Mariana Trench. Nothing good ever happens there. Uh, To film a mockumentary bringing life to ancient sea creatures of legend. Then it was lost at sea. Obviously, it was lost at sea. Some called it a hoax. Others called it a tragedy. And now a new crew is going to figure out what happened. Um, Some of them are going to, to validate their life's work. Some seek the greatest hunt of all time. Some seek the truth. Um, and then one of them is a sister of one of the people who was lost. So the ocean, both I'm obsessed with the ocean while also being terrified of it. Yeah. This, the idea of like being under feet of water terrifies me. Yeah. But I also am fascinated. I've always loved like growing up. My favorite animal was dolphins. I got to swim with dolphins when I was a little kid. Ocean's crazy. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, it is. Just in general. Pretty much. That's why people come to the Professional Book Nerds podcast for takes like that. The ocean's crazy. So my next one is Dark Asylum by E.S. Thompson. Uh, set in a crumbling Victoria asylum where a gruesome murder is committed. The sequel to Beloved Poison explores the early science of brain study while giving chilling insight into an asylum's workings. Sold. Yeah, you. These there's a lot of like spot on Joe books this month. Maybe it's because it's my birthday month. That's what it is. Probably what it is. <laughs> the publishers are like, well, mm-hmm. we need to have books that Jill can get for her birthday. Man, it's so crazy how big we've gotten. Like, Dan Rather wrote me a book, and all these publishers are <laughs> picking out books for you. Totally. It's awesome. Totally what happened. Thanks, everybody. Ah, if you're listening, we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking about Dan Rather, but the publishers actually do listen, so they're probably like, shut up, you two. <laughs> I've had too much caffeine. Uh, my next one is The End We Start From by Megan Hunter. Uh, so this got a bunch of attention at the London Book Fair in 2016, and it is a debut novel. So it is a modern-day parable of rebirth and renewal of maternal bonds and the instinct to survive and thrive in the absence of all that's familiar. Uh, London is submerged under floodwaters, and a woman gives birth to her first child named Z. So you know it's going to be good. Uh, days later, she and her baby are forced to leave in search of safety, and then it seems like it kind of turns into like a road adventure between the two of them, although one of them's a baby. Uh, it also is says that it's fantasy, so I would imagine some 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 magical things happen. But I'm excited. All right, this is my last one. I have one more as okay. well. I have Bunk, The Rise of Hoaxes, Humbug, Plagiarists, Phonies, Postfacts, and Fake News by Kevin Young. Uh, this was already long listed for the National Book Award for Nonfiction. It's not even out yet. Amazing. And it comes with a... Um, <laughs> I just liked this blur from... Uh, uh, I think it was the Man Booker winner, Marlon James. He said... There Kevin Young goes again, giving us books we greatly need, cleverly disguised as books we merely uh, want, unexpectedly essential. So um, I'm just going to read the whole thing because I can't describe it perfectly. Uh, So award-winning poet and critic Kevin Young tours us through a rogues gallery of of hoaxers, plagiarists, forgers, and fakes, from the humbug of P.T. Barnum and Edgar Allan Poe to the unrepentant punk of J.T. Leroy and Donald J. Trump. Bunk traces the history of the hoax as a particularly American phenomenon, examining what motivates hucksters and makes the rest of us so gullible. This is like a tongue twister of like all of the... <laughs> you did really good. Similar words 
to hoax. Okay. Uh, disturbingly, Young finds that fakery is woven from stereotype and suspicion, race being the most insidious American hoax of all. He chronicles how Barnum came to fame by displaying figures like Joyce Heth, a black woman who he pretended was the 161-year-old nursemaid to George Washington. And what is it? An American man, uh, African-American man, Barnum professed was a newly discovered missing link in evolution. OPT. Bunk then turns <laughs> to the hoaxing of history and the ways that forgers, plagiarists, and journalistic fakers invent backstories and falsehoods to sell us lies about themselves and about the world in our own time, from pretend Native American gray owl to the deadly imposture of Clark Rockefeller from the made-up memoirs of James Frey to the identity theft of Rachel Dozel. In this brilliant and timely work, Young asks what it means to live in a post-factual world of truthiness where everything is up for interpretation and everyone is subject to a pervasive cynicism that damages our ideas of reality, fact, and art. I'm going to read that a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. I know. I, yeah. So I think Marlon James's description of you think you're going to read one thing, which is what I thought when I clicked. I was like, oh, that's an interesting title. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reading the description. I was like, oh, this is way more than I yeah. thought it was. But this is awesome. Yeah. That does sound interesting. Um, okay. My last one is called It's All Relative by A.J. Jacobs. Um, so A.J. Jacobs, he has written a couple books. Um, and what he does, his, his kind of thing is like he takes – a certain idea and then takes it to the extreme. So he did one book called uh, The Year of Living Biblically. Oh, yes. Where he basically mm-hmm. spent an entire life like living exactly to the T what the Bible says. Like, so he didn't shave. He didn't uh, like, he didn't wear, he didn't mix his cloths. He didn't like anything that was in the Bible, like all these absurd rules in the Old Testament, he followed. Um, he also did one called The Know It All. And he's, he's really, really interesting. And this one, uh, he receives all these emails. And one of them was, it said, you don't know me yet, but I'm your eighth cousin. We have over 80,000 relatives of yours in our database. And he decided to like follow up on it. So basically, he proceeded to find all these people that he was somehow related to. And it led to him having this crazy three-year adventure where he built out the world's biggest family tree, as he calls it. Uh, He went to all seven continents, drank a beer with the U.S. president, found himself singing in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, uh, and like unearthed all these genetic links he has like Hollywood actresses and like real life scoundrels and all these like interesting things and AJ Jacobs he like the story sounds incredibly interesting but um, this is something I read the year of living biblically biblically uh, when I'm gonna actually try to find I'm gonna track it out an email and send this to him because when I was in grad school not knowing what I wanted to do with my life I read this book and it, it blew my mind. I, I read um, The Year of Living Biblically. I need to stop saying it because I can't say <laughs> it. Uh, but I read it and like the idea that someone could just come up with an idea and just do it. Like mm-hmm. like just um, Chris Hardwick always says on his podcast, make a thing. Just go make a thing. Yeah. And A.J. Jacobs did that for me. Like I read this book and I was like, oh my God, you can just do a thing. And so I sent him this really long email when I was like 23 being like, AJ, you don't know me. By the way, my nickname in my family is AJ. My name's Adam John. So that, like, connection. Um, but I told him, I was like, you don't know me. I just read your book. And I just wanted to tell you, like, it inspired me to send out a bunch of all these resumes. And I, you know, I ended up finding this job at this place called Overdrive. And I don't know anything about it, but it just excited me. And I just, I, I sent them this long email just saying thank you. And instead of just responding, like, hey, man, thanks. I appreciate it. Like, he sent me this big, long response about how, like, much it, it thrilled him and all this stuff so like i 
haven't had any like contact with AJ Jacobs since then. But now that we have this thing with podcasts that authors come on, I'm going to send him an email there you and, go. and remind him of that. Just because this super interest, I love family type things, and this one sounds really interesting. And just on top of that, it's he just is an awesome human being. So. Yeah. Um, so that is that. And then, um, in keeping with the theme that we started, I think, like one or two episodes ago, we're going to try and do PBN classics, as we're, we're calling them. And by we, I mean me just now and once before. Good job. Uh, we were asked if, uh, from via an email if we could pick out books that aren't brand new but are slightly older. Um, books that may have come out a few years ago or maybe like a couple hundred years ago. Uh, books that aren't going to have like really long wait lists uh, that we recommend. So I have two. November is National Novel Writing Month. Are you doing NaNoWriMo, by the way? No. Okay, I'm not either. Um, NaNoWriMo is when authors and you know aspiring authors basically they have a goal to write every single day. What what's the is it like 1,100 words or something a day? It's something crazy. It's like to get 50,000 words, I think. I think it's more than that, actually, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, the goal is to create a 50,000-word story of some kind by the end of the month. It doesn't have to be complete. It doesn't have to be, you know, just to write every day. And it's kind of fun to watch authors on, like, Instagram, like, deteriorate throughout the month. Yeah. Um, But NaNoWriMo has led to some incredible books that got made. Um, Rainbow Rowell, famously. Marissa Myers, famously. But I picked two. Uh, Water for Elephants and The Night Circus. Would you like to talk about either of those? I loved The Night Circus. The floor is yours. Oh, my gosh. The Night Circus was magical. Um, (laughs) See what I did there? Nailed it. I don't know. It's just so... It's so fun, and and it does it. I love stories about circuses and carnivals, and it's sort of fit all of those boxes it's you know there's this sort of competing magicians and they each have protégés and then the protégés are competing and but there's also like a love story and it's just uh it's a delightful read and then again the other one water for elephants it's very likely that you have read this it's been like 10 million copies sold or something Mm -hmm. insane um but it's by sarah gruen it became a movie um it's just it actually is also kind of about a circus it is yeah um but it it's also really really good and but the the cool thing about both of these books is because they were so immensely popular i'd be willing to bet your library has like 50 to 100 copies of it and by now they're probably widely available so if you're looking for a book to read while a lot of the books we suggested for november are on hold they're not available yet those are two really good ones so um also by the way i interviewed her for our podcast but um amanda footy did you did i ever give you her daughter of the burning city because it's not a, yet okay it's about a carnival just saying. okay well then i need to read it obviously obviously um so should everyone else especially if you listen to the episode <laughs> uh anything else you can think of no no you don't want to talk about any Fleetwood mac anymore <laughs> I don't think our listeners want to listen to us talk about Fleetwood Mac anymore. I think it would probably fall under fair use if I closed the episode with some of that, but I'm not going to just to be safe. So you'll just get you'll just get the same normal ending music that we always have. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, those are all of our November picks. Uh, let us know what you're most excited about. As always, find us on Twitter, Instagram. Email us if you want book recommendations. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you.
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.